My father held on to witness my birth before setting out on the road. He didn't want to leave, as he stressed when telling me this tale, but work was a necessary way of life for my dad. Normally it wouldn't take him further than the fields, but on that day in 1932 he had to travel far. I'll be as quick as I can, he had assured my mother, and then looked sheepishly at the cap in his hands. They both knew speed would not be on his side. Could you wait a little while? she asked, and cupped the back of my little head. Another day, perhaps? My dad began to turn his cap. I have to provide, he said. If I miss the opportunity, it won't just be this family that loses out. Then promise me you'll take care, she said from her bed, propped up on pillows and holding me close. It's you I worry about. Mother smiled reassuringly. I was no more than two hours old, a stranger to them all, but my mum was quite comfortable holding me. A maternal woman, she could still look calm and serene despite the labour she had been through. We're quite safe here, she said, as if to remind him. Just then, a sense of peace had settled in place of the drama and expectation that accompanied my arrival. Sunlight streamed through the window, catching specks of dust, while the floorboards creaked like a ship at sea when father shifted his weight from one foot to the other. He returned his attention to my mother, so striking and relaxed, with her dark hair unpinned and the baby in her arms. She possessed a quiet beauty and a calming presence that would form the core of our family life. Let's hope the weather holds, said father, as if unsure how to say goodbye. Mother nodded. She understood just what he meant. My sister, just two at the time, stood at the bedside and stared at the new arrival. Grasping the edge of the blankets with both hands, she studied me closely as if seeking to work out what difference my presence might make to her life. My mum turned her attention to us both in turn. Come rain or shine, what matters most is that you make it home in one piece, she told him. We're all depending on you. Like my sister and me, and the generation on each side of us, Colin John Holford Collins was born at Quarry Pits. With one hundred acres of pasture, stretched across hillside and lowland on both sides of the lane, the farm provided him with his livelihood. As a boy, following the death of his own father in an accident with a pony and trap, Colin Collins had helped his mother keep the place up and running. Keenly aware of his calling, he had grown up to take over completely. Ultimately, my dad was uncompromisingly hard-working, with a commitment to the fields as a means of providing for his family. As well as tending to his cattle and crops, he contracted out agricultural machinery, including the crew to operate it, to farmers across the county and beyond. He rarely stopped, in fact, what with the maintenance and management, and I sometimes wonder if that's what took him to an early grave. I was born into an age of steam.
The era we all know in history books might just have come to an end with the railways and the factories turning to diesel and electricity. But in the fields, one source of power thrived. Plowing engines were commonplace on agricultural land. These giant, immensely strong beasts were far more effective at hauling than a team of shire horses, but much depended on the ground. On heavy clay soil, such as the fields at quarry pits and the surrounding farms, we had to rely on a different, more labour-intensive system. It involved the use of not one engine but two, and the prospect of acquiring a new pair is what took father away from the family on the day that I was born. Leaving the farmhouse behind and the loved ones in his life, my dad headed up the sloped path to where his other pride and joy awaited him.